Welcome to Victory Church Winchester, Virginia's podcast, where we seek to help people find and follow Jesus. Please take a minute to subscribe. Now here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. To the book of Genesis, chapter 37. We're going to begin reading at verse 12. Then his brothers, talking about Joseph's brothers, went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And so he said to him, Here I am. And he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and with the flocks, and bring back word to me. So he sent him out out of the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. So he's on assignment from his father, Jacob, going to check on his brothers, who, by the way, cannot stand him, hate him, and are envious of him. He's getting ready to go down. Now a certain man, verse 15, found Joseph, and there he was, wandering in the field. It's like he's a dreamer, right? He's just kind of daydreaming in the field. And the man asked him, saying, what are you seeking? And he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, They have departed from here, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. Dothan means, as you translate it in the scripture, the place of two wells. It was a place of rest, a place of refreshment. So he's heading toward uh, Dothan to find his brothers toward a place of rest and of refreshment. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. And when he saw them afar off, when, when they saw him afar off, Even before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They hated him. They envied him. They conspired against him now to kill him. This is their brother. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. They hated him because of his dreams. But not just because of his dreams, but also because of his words. Come, therefore, now let us kill him and cast him into some pit, and we shall say, some wild beasts have devoured him. We shall see what has become of his dreams then. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into the pit which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many uh, colors that was on him. And then they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit, listen to this, this is the description of the pit. It was empty. There was no water in it. And they had sat down to eat a meal, his brothers. Then they lifted up their eyes And looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carrying them down to Egypt. So Joseph said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by so that the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. 
I want to share with you a message in our time together over the next few moments that I've entitled The Doubting Season. The Doubting Season. Let us pray. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we have together today to gather around your word with our brothers and our sisters, our family, and to hear what you would have to say to our lives. God, we haven't come into this moment, Lord, to attend a service, to sing a song, or to hear a sermon, but we've come into this moment, into this place that we might hear from you. Now open up our hearts. Help us to receive all that you have for us today, and we will leave this place changed because we've experienced your power and your presence. Father, thank you for what you are about to do in each of our lives as a result of your word today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Some of you know, or maybe you don't know, if you follow me on social media, you know that recently I took my daughter Ava, um, my wife Angela and I took my daughter Ava uh, to New York City for her 10th birthday. This has been a dream of ours for many years. We've been talking to her about, when you turn 10 years old, we're going to take you to New York City. You're not going to believe this place. It's crazy, like the buildings and the people and the, what's going on and the buzz and everything like that. It's just amazing. Uh, we talked to her, we talked it up about New York City. Um, and so la- two weeks ago, we made the trip, took the car, Went through the Lincoln Tunnel, hallelujah, praise God, made it through the Red Sea. The Lord parted it. I was able to get through there without crashing or somebody running into me. And uh, we ended up at our destination on 57th, West 57th Street, at the Hilton Hotel. There we were, ready to have a nice two, three days of celebrating Ava, and uh, we were going to go. Uh, see a musical. We went and saw The Lion King, and we were going to take in all the sights, and I had reserved the open-air bus and all that kind of good stuff. It was going to be a great trip, and it was going to be a lot of fun. We got there, and immediately my intention was, all right, let's go to Times Square. I said, it's just a short little walk, 10, 15-minute walk to where we were, and uh, so we set off. I took the girls I had the GPS location in my phone, in my settings, on my Apple Maps, and uh, I was ready to go. And we got out on the street, hit the street. You hear the sirens, you hear the taxi cabs, you hear the hustle and the bustle and the movement, and it's crazy, and we get out there on the street, and we're just looking around like, whoa, and let's get to going. We're on the sidewalk, and I got this GPS, um, my phone up, and my, my GPS in my phone, and I'm heading toward my destination. Well, I start going to where I think I'm supposed to be going to Times Square. Times Square is actually south of where we're going. But I look down at my phone, and that thing's weird. It's got like this cone, and it kind of tell, and, and I just, I got discombobulated. I got disoriented. I, I, I got lost, guys. I got lost. I got lost. So I'm walking. And I'm like, man, I don't think that I'm going the right direction here. <laughs> Nobody knows. The girls are just following me. I just keep on going. I'm like, yeah, and this cool. And we just like, and I'm starting to think. I start to see Central Park. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm at Central Park, and I think I'm supposed to be going south. I said, um, girls, 
you're not going to believe this. I'm lost. I'm going the wrong direction. So I did this. I pulled out the city map. They gave this to me when I stopped by, when I got into the hotel. Opened up the city map, ended up turning around and going in the opposite direction in order to get me to my destination. But you've been there too. Have you ever been in a situation in which you ask yourself, how did I end up here when I was heading there? This is the context in which we find our story, our passage from the scriptures today. God has given Joseph an incredible dream. We talked last week about the dream season and how God gives us dreams. God designed dreams that are big, that are significant, that benefit and bless others. And God gives us these big dreams, and Joseph was dreaming beyond his present reality into his future. And he went and he told his brothers, he said, I've dreamed this dream. And they said, are you crazy? And they began to hate him because of his dreams. And then the Bible says he dreamed yet another dream. He dreamed now, he dreamed big, and he dreamed again. And he dreamed. And God had incredible things that he wanted to do with Joseph's life. He was a prolific dreamer. And his, then his father sent him, okay, to go check on his brothers. This is where we find ourselves today in this passage. Go check on your brothers, oh, by the way, that hate you, that envy you. Um, maybe not so much a good idea. And he goes and he looks for them. And he goes at first to a place called Shechem, does not find them there. And then he travels to a place because he heard that they are at uh, this town called Dothan. Dothan uh, means the place of two wells, the place of refreshing, the place of rest. He has these incredible dreams. He dreams of the palace. He is in pursuit of his brothers to find them, to check on them as his father has sent him out to do. And he finds his brothers in a place where he thought was going to be a place of acceptance, a place of rest, a place of welcome, a place of refreshment. And the next thing you know, he's thrown and cast into a pit. It's a pit of despair. It's a pit of loneliness. It's an empty pit. It's a pit in which he found himself all by himself, and he figured in that moment, I'm sure, the dream dies right here in the middle of this pit. How did I end up here, he must have been asking, when I was headed for there. What do you do when you're living a good a life as you know to live and you're trying to do all that you can do and you find out that you have become, uh, you, you've ended up in a place where you did not thought that you, think that you would be? A place of difficulty, a place of problem, a place of pain, a place of struggle. This is not where I wanted to end up, you say to yourself. I know that this is not where I intended to go. And see, the reality 
is that Joseph, although he had palace dreams, he had pit realities. And when we're going through life and we have a dream from God, we are going to experience along the journey to our destination difficulties, problems, pain, struggles, heartbreak, hurts, trouble. And hard questions arise when your dream and your reality are in contradiction to one another. Do they not? You start to ask yourself, how did I get here? Why is it that my dreams aren't coming to pass? I had great dreams, but now I'm having pit realities. Have you ever been there? I like to describe this process or this place in our journey as the doubting season. You see, if you're going to have great dreams from God, if you're going to have a dream season, get ready for the doubting season to come. It's inevitable. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But I've got good news to those of you that might be entering in or coming out of or maybe one day you're going to get in a difficult, a doubting season. I've come to encourage you today that God has a plan. What if we want to get from point A to point B in a straight line in the quickest way possible, but what if God is not on our timetable? What if God sees things differently than we do? What if we are in a hurry to our destination, but God is not? What do we do in that moment when we have palace dreams and pit realities? I want to encourage you and equip you empower you to endure the doubting season today with this principle, this truth from the scripture, this truth from our passage. And it says this, because God is sovereign, I can experience his strength in the doubting season. When I say that God is sovereign, that is not a word that you're going to find in the Bible, but its truth is throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. When I say that God is sovereign, what I'm saying is that he has ultimate power and authority to overrule any lesser powers and authorities. In other words, what he says and plans and destined to come to pass, it will come to pass because he has all power and authority to make it come to pass. And when you are in a doubting season, you can receive strength from God knowing that he is sovereign. He has the ability to rule and reign over your situations, over your circumstances, over your delays and your detours on the way to your destinations, on the way to the fulfillment of your God-designed dreams. But we get into these seasons of doubt where we ask and we struggle and we question because we're faced with the reality of the pain and the disappointment of what we see, sense, and experience. Joseph finds himself on this journey to his dream, to his destiny, and he's having difficulty along the way. If you're finding difficulty along the way on your journey, I want to encourage you, not only does God have a plan, but God has a purpose even in the midst of your pain. Hmm. 
And I want you to experience God's strength from the doubting season by three ways. This is three ways that we can experience God's strength in the doubting season. First, here's what I want you to to know and write this down if you're taking notes. I want you to attain new insight in your doubting season. In your doubting season. The doubting season, listen to this, it was not a place of death, but it was a place of discovery. The pit was a place of discovery. For in the pit, in the doubting season, you develop a deeper understanding of God and of yourself. And here's what you find out. When you're in the pit, when you're in the doubting season, when you're on a detour or a delay in your journey, here's what you find out. You find out that you actually are not alone. God will let you get alone in order to show you that you are not alone. He is with you even in the pit. The, 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 the word that is often used in the scripture to, to identify who God is is the, the name Jehovah. And the name Jehovah means this, the God who exists or the God who is there. And even though you might not feel it in your pit, in your doubting, in your pain, in your discouragement, I can promise you today that God is there even in the midst of your problem and your pain. God is with us just like he was with Joseph. So there was despair in his pit. He had been rejected, betrayed by his brothers. He was going through the most difficult time in his life. He was alone. He was isolated in that pit. He felt like he, was, he had nobody there to support him. He had lost his support system. His father wasn't there. The people he had depended on were there. His brothers were not there. Matter of fact, his brothers were having a party on the side of the pit. And there will be those that when you have a dream, a God-designed dream, that will be not only, uh, they, they will be your dream haters. They will be those who rise up against your dream in order to kill and shatter your dream. But don't be discouraged when you have a great dream, when great uh, haters arrive, great dream killers arrive on the scene of your dream. They've come to assassinate. They've come to destroy your dream. But they cannot stop your dream because God has designed your dream. God has given you a dream. And if God has given you a dream, then he is for your dream. And if God be for your, you and for your dream, he is, he is, the Bible says that if God be for us, who can be against us? And the pit was a place of gaining new insight. It was a place of discovery. The description of the pit was that it was empty and very dry. This tells us that Joseph was both lonely and he was thirsty. I feel like that he was thirsty for companionship. He was thirsty for a friend. He was thirsty for support in the midst of his pain. And he didn't find it in anyone that was around him, that he, but he found it in the presence of God who was with him in the pit. It wasn't a place of death for him. It was a place of discovery. God is working in your pit, in your doubting situation. The second thing I want to point out to you here today is how you can uh, receive God's strength for your doubting season is when you anticipate. Not only you just attain a new insight about your doubting season, but you anticipate an exit out of your doubting season. <laughs> Before Joseph ever got into that pit, God had a plan to get him out of that pit. 
God doesn't want you to stay in your pit, in your doubting situation, in your season of doubt, and in your pain. God is taking you somewhere. He's taking you to the palace, but you've got pit realities, and you don't need to stay in the pit, but you need to look up for an exit out of your doubting season. Why? Because the pit ain't it. The pit ain't all there is to your situation. God has a plan and God has a purpose and he is looking to bring you out of your pit, anticipate an exit out of your pit, out of your dream, out of, out of your problem and into your dream uh, season. The pit ain't it. Start to look up. You can take solace in God's sovereignty because no one has the ability to stop his plans from coming to pass. But what do we do? We get comfortable in our pit. We get comfortable in our place of, of just getting, going through the motions, our place of just, just kind of wallowing in our misery. We get comfortable in our pit, and we start to decorate our pit. We put up uh, pictures in our pit. Come on, we roll out carpet in our pit. Come on, we put a big screen TV up in our pit. We try to decorate our pit. And God says the pit is not it. We try to make the pit a place where we become comfortable. And God is saying, I want you to anticipate an exit out of this pit because I have somewhere that I'm taking you that is greater than you, that you are going to fulfill your purpose and your design and your destiny. Mm. The pit is temporary. It's not a permanent location. It's not a place for you to settle down. So I want you to start packing your bags. Today, if you find yourself in a pit, start packing your luggage. Start packing your things. Begin to look up and look out for an exit. Anticipate a way out of your doubting season, a way out of your pit. You're coming out of your pit. But can I promise you this? Here's the purpose of the pit. You might be in a pit, but the pit is not for your death. It's for your discovery. It's also to make you better. I can tell you this, that every pit season, every doubting season that you might be going through, if your doubt is drawing you closer to God, then God is making you better even in the midst of your doubt season. Your doubting is causing you to draw near to God and to see him in a new way that you've never seen him before. Do you know that God is with you in your doubts, in your pits, in your pain, in your problems? Do you know that you're a survivor? Do you know that God has greater things in store for you? Do you know that there are latent gifts and talents and abilities and things that you have not yet stepped out into, things that you will never discover about yourself unless you're in the pit? You see, the pit brings out the best in you. So if you're struggling with pain and trouble and and drama and trouble today, if you're struggling with those kind of things today, God has a purpose in your pit. Your pit is making you better, wiser, stronger, better equipped so that when you get out, you can make it to where God is taking you. Don't decorate your pit. There's power in your pit. The last thing that I want to mention to you today and to encourage you with here as the comes and plays, is that you can experience God's strength for your doubting season when you allow, allow God to lift you out of your doubting season. So I want you to attain new insight about your doubting season. I want you to anticipate and exit out of your doubting season. And finally, I want you to allow God to lift you up out of your doubting season. 
Verse 26 says this, Judah, somebody say Judah. This is powerful. Judah said to his brothers, what profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers, listen. Verse 28 says, Then the Midianite traders passed by so that the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. Joseph never got out of that pit until Judah spoke up and said, bring him out. Do you know what Judah in the Bible means? Judah in the Bible means praise. Allow God to lift you out of your doubting season by praising him. When you begin to praise God in your pit, that is your exit strategy out of your pit. When you can be in your pit and your problem and facing the death of your dream and you can say, I am going to give God the glory even in the midst of my pit. I'm going to lift up a praise in the midst of my pit. That is when God will bring you out of your pit. Judah means praise. It was Judah who got Joseph out of his pit. Nothing will get you out of your painful pit the way that praise will. When Judah spoke up, things began to change. Judah said, let's raise him up and bring him out. And that's what praise will do for you. Joseph couldn't even see the caravan coming off in the distance because he was in the pit. But when you begin to praise God, you begin to see things from a different perspective. You begin to see things not as they are, but as they will be. And a caravan came from, from, uh, that was going to Egypt. And even though uh, Joseph couldn't see it, Judah could. God will give you new insight into your pit, into your palace, as you begin to praise God on your journey, even in the midst of your pit. If you don't praise your way out, you won't get your way out. It's time for the dreamers to awaken and begin to praise the Lord even in the midst of their pit, even in the midst of your doubting season. You see, because you can't doubt your way out. Come on, you can't work your way out. You can't worry your way out. You can't manipulate your way out. You can't buy your way out of your pit, out of your trouble, out of your difficult season. The only way that you are going to get out is if you praise your way out. Judah said, lift him up and bring him out so that I can, God said, I've got a plan and I'm going to take him to the palace. I'm going to take him to Egypt. Why? Because God has a plan even in the middle in the midst of your pain. Hmm. Judah kept him alive. Praise kept him alive. And I don't know about you, but there's been some seasons in my life, there's been some hell and high water, there's been some brokenness. There were times where I felt all alone in my pit and I began to doubt and I began to question and I began to be overwhelmed with the magnitude of what my situation put me into, and there was no way out. But I began 
to praise God even in the midst of my pit, in the midst of my situation, in the midst of my pain, and it sustained me. It sustained me until God, God's timing was perfect, and he said, I'm bringing them now out of the pit because I have greater plans than the pit. Don't settle in your pit when God has given you a dream for a palace. I want to tell you today that God's got you in process. We want to go from A to B. We want to get to Times Square. How do we get there? Let us get there as quick as we can and from point A to point B. But God is saying, no, there's some detours. There's some destinations. There's some things that I want you to see along the way. And it's not for your death, but it's for your discovery. I got some things that I need to show you. Because when I get you to where I'm taking you, it's going to take more than what you got. God is saying, I'm developing some of you in the pit even right now. I'm causing some of you to be in a pit so that you can realize that you're not alone. So that I can work out some things in your life that you've been depending on and holding on to. Some fears, some apprehensions, some attitudes. Whether it's your anger or whether it's your doubt or whether it's some character flaws and issues that you've got going on in your life. God is saying, I've got you in a pit because I'm working in you so that I can work it out of you because I want to work through you. I'm taking you from where you had your dream and you saw a great destiny. I'm taking you from your dream to your destiny, but I am, I've got you in a place of discovery. Don't despise your place and your day of discovery because your discovery is preparing you for what God has prepared for you. And when Joseph got to Egypt, he was going to need character. He was going to need grace. He was going to need to have mercy. He was going to need to be forgiving because there was one day when that dream would manifest. There was one day in which he would get to his destination and he would stand in second command in the most greatest, the most powerful country of that day. He was the prime minister and he had that dream and his brothers would come to him even in that moment and he was going to have to show forgiveness. He was going to have to show grace and mercy and love. And he would tell them in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. You know why? Because God has a plan. God is sovereign and I can depend on his sovereignty to strengthen me in my doubting season. Might not look like God has a plan. When you look around, it might be bad. But the good news is that God has a plan. Look up. God's going to bring your dream to pass. Some of you have dreams for your children. Some of you have dreams for your business. That dream that you have for your church. That dream you have for that ministry. That dream that you have. God is awakening the dreams 
He's causing you to dream another dream. That even in the middle of your pit, the pit ain't it. God's got more in store for your life. Stand up on your feet all across this room. The enemy, many of you, and let's pray. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Many of you that are here today and watching online, the enemy has tried to get you to give up on your dream. The God-given dream that the Lord has planned for your life that, is, that was given to you, but it's not just for you. He's tried to get you to give it up because of your pit, because of your doubt, because of your trouble and your struggle. But I'm here to tell you this morning that it's not time for you to give up. It's time for you to look up. It's time for you to give God a praise because he is able to bring your dream to pass. Hmm. Somebody in this place needs to know that you're in process and there is a purpose in your process, even in the midst of the pain that you're going through. God is sovereign. He has a plan. He has the power to get you to where he is destined you to be. Don't give up in the detour. Don't give up in the delay. Don't give up in the discouragement and the doubt. But begin to look up and give God a praise for he's getting ready in due season to lift you out to bring you out and to bring you into the plans that he has for your life. Let the dreamers arise. Let them awaken again, Lord. I pray that as I declare a thing, as you said in your word, it shall be established to every dreamer in this place today. Don't despise the discouragement. Don't despise the doubts. Don't despise the difficulties but begin to look up and dream again. For in due season, God will bring it to pass. He is unchangeable. He's faithful. He's good. He's all-powerful. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time that we've had here in your presence. I know that there are those, Lord, here and online, Lord, that needed to hear this message from your heart today to them. Father, I pray that they wouldn't just receive this word as a word from man, but they would receive it as I have received it, as I know you have given it to me as a word from you. Father, let them not just be hearers, but let them step out and obediently follow you, Lord, and to trust you with the plans that you have for their life in the days of him. And finally, as we're praying, as, head as heads, heads are bowed and eyes are closed, in the scripture, Joseph is a picture or a type of Jesus in the Old Testament. God gives us a glimpse through the life of Joseph who, who Jesus really is. And Joseph, like Jesus, was beloved by his father, and obedient to his will. Jesus, like Joseph, was hated, rejected, and he was thrown into a pit. That pit was the grave. 
They crucified him. They buried him in a tomb. But just like Joseph, God delivered Jesus out of the pit. See, it was in the pit and in the grave for three days that God raised Jesus up, delivering him out of his pit. And see, God won't leave you in your pit either. If you're in a pit right now and it looks like there's no way out, I've got good news for you. Jesus died for you to deliver you from every pit so that you might have life by receiving what he did for you. You might be in a pit of sin this morning. Sin separates us from God. But the good news is this, that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. You see, Jesus went into that pit, that pit that you deserve to be in because of your sin, because of your rebellion against God, because of you wanting to live your own life and go your separate way. But today, I've got good news for you, that Jesus went into the pit so that you didn't have to go into the pit. Jesus was delivered out of that pit with all power by God because he was the perfect sacrifice for both you and me and for the entire world. And Jesus raised up, or God raised up Jesus, and now today he sits enthroned as the sovereign king at the right hand of God, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He has all power today to forgive you of each and every sin, each and every trouble, each and every stain and guilt, he has the power today to forgive you of your sins and to lift you up out of the pit that you might receive everything that he has for you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.